So I was talking to my girlfriend last night, and she mentioned that I do not share personable enough experiences. Like, I don't talk about my life. And I sat and I thought about it, and I was like, I guess you're right. I've never really come to my podcast and shared shit about me. Like, you know, I'll share a small glimpse here and there of what I'm going through. And then I'll eventually caveat that little anecdote with a motivational spiel. And I think it does make a little bit of sense for me to go in depth about who I am so y'all so that y'all can understand why I do speak the way I speak and by speak I mean why I share the little motivational talks and why I'm so confident and all these things um but before I get into it I just want to say it's really hard for me to talk about myself because I don't typically talk about myself in this capacity I don't share too much about who I am or what I've gone through mostly because I think I think like old versions of me die and when they die I don't usually try to revisit them because I'm on to bigger and better and I'm always just looking forward but um the past is you and the past makes you the past makes me and so uh y'all gonna get a glimpse of Constance y'all gonna find out who I am and why I am the way that I am so let's go ahead and start um first and foremost I'm 100% Ghanaian I'm from Ghana for the for those of y'all that do not know that is a West African country and so um I am the daughter of a taxi driver and a hairstylist and, uh, you know what, growing up, at least in my earlier years, oh, I forgot to mention, I got two brothers, okay? So I'm the middle child. <laughs> um, and so growing up, I never really felt like we were poor. I just laid out for you that I have a taxi driver as a dad and a hairstylist as a mom. So I think y'all can envision that we probably didn't have that much, but my parents never made it feel like we didn't have that much. Um, we weren't a family that really fixated on materials. I never had a... We never had game stations in the house. Um, our Christmas was like funded by the UCM and I, UCM is like, what is it? Like, uh, I don't even fucking know what the UCM is. Where I'm from, it's like basically like you go and that's where you can pick up like goods for Thanksgiving. It, like, I don't want to say homeless shelter. It's just a place for low income. Okay. So like at the time I didn't realize it was for low income, but like as I got older throughout high school for community service, people will go there to do like volunteer work right so I'm like okay this place is for low income but at the time I didn't realize anyways again my parents did a good job of never really talking to us about finances never really making it known that we didn't have anything if we didn't have anything the excuse was not that we don't have it it's because you don't need it right so um life was pretty good growing up shit was good I saw uh, my parents that came from Ghana I saw them moving up in the world we went from apartment to townhouse to even bigger townhouse um like, she was sweet, you know? I saw my mom go from, like, I don't fucking know. I think it was no cars and Mercedes-Benz to a Benz truck. Like, shit was shit was good. Um, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of got, like, really bad. And um, let me just say, in the midst of it being good, In the midst of it being good, I don't think I ever really thought about it even being good. I don't. I didn't think much about life. I don't think any kid really thinks much about life. Um, so yeah, there's that. I do know that I also, yeah. Let me not get into the bad just yet because I'm like, this is what I'm saying. There's so much that goes on in my life that went on in my life. I just like don't even know how to break it down in a story or what's important to tell, what's not important to tell. But um, all right. So shit's going good. Let me give y'all a little bit of background about my school life. Um, my parents were really big on education and intelligence. Like, uh, we weren't allowed to watch TV Monday through Friday. 
or Monday through Thursday, we weren't allowed to watch TV. So you could watch Friday, you could watch TV Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Monday through Thursday, we were required to read books and leave summaries for my parents for them to read when we got home. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the library. Um, it was just a lot of like intellectual activities. Like I said, we never had game stations. I didn't have dolls. And my, I wasn't allowed to go outside. Uh, my father was very protective of me, which is understandable. People outside are crazy. Didn't understand that at a young age. We're like, nah, I get it. Um, spent a lot of time at home with my brothers. And we were using our imagination like crazy. I mean, there were times where we'd pick up my dad's uh, <laughs> video camera and just start recording. And whew, getting a little teary-eyed because my dad just passed recently. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Okay. All in all, life was good, right? Intelligence was the staple of my family, and um, I went to school, predominantly white school. So I went to a predominantly white school. I had all white classmates, all white friends. I wasn't, like, really comparing myself to them, but I would realize I was living a different life than them. First of all, they all had homes. I had a townhouse, but it wasn't a fucking home, you know? Um, on top of that, they would talk about going to camp and having horses. I didn't have any of those. Um I could understand that, like, all right, white people and black people are different. That's one thing I understood. At least the Annan family and white people are different. That's what I understood. I didn't have too many black friends. And when I would go to the playground in my neighborhood, mind you, I did live in a predominantly black area. So when I would go to the playground, occasionally I would have people make comments about the way I looked, I guess, because I was darker skinned or maybe I didn't have the best clothes. I don't know what it was. I don't really care what it was at this point in my life. I don't care what it was. Um, yeah, so they would say whatever it is that they would say. And so at that point, I realized, all right, well, black girls are mean and white girls aren't. So, like, I fuck with white girls. I fuck with white people more than I fuck with black people. I remember black people always telling me things like, I remember one time a kid told me that I was fucking a sellout because of the way I spoke. I was always made fun of for the way that I spoke. Um, I, I, as y'all can tell, I articulate well. Um, I didn't, like, code switch back then. I didn't have... Ebonics in my vocabulary because I had no black friends to acquire that language from. My parents never let it. Like, my dad was very adamant on it's ask, not axed. Like, it, we just weren't, we were we were taught to speak the English language well and correctly. And that's how I grew up. And so I wasn't favored by the black kids. Um, to be honest, I really wasn't even, I was never enough for the African kids either because I couldn't speak tree. I couldn't speak their language. It was always white girl. Um, so... White people were, they were the, they treated me the best. So that's what I fucked with. So anyways, in fucking with white people, I, this is when like my confidence started to dwindle because I was like, okay, I don't look like the white girls and I was around white boys. And so at the time I'm like, well, damn, the, the white boys only like white girls. So I must not be good enough. And there was uh so I was in like a gifted, talented program. I believe there was one other girl. I don't know if she was in a gifted talent. I think she was in a gifted talent program. There was one other black girl, but she did not look like me. She had, you know, the long straight hair and she didn't have a nose that looked like mine. And she, she had, she was just, she just didn't fit the stereotypical black aesthetic. She didn't look like what I look like. And so I could never, and on top of that, the white boys was fucking with her, but they wasn't fucking with me. So I was like, all right. What the fuck does this mean about me? So, like, in my head, like, in my head, silently, I was starting to tell myself, like, oh, I'm not pretty enough. 
I really didn't think it would matter or it mattered, right? And then fast forward to all that is elementary school. I get to middle school and there's more black people at middle school, but like I'm still getting criticized for the color of my skin as I think all black kids, like darker skin girls did or darker skin people did. I think everybody in middle school had the harsh, rough years. And um, that really started to fuck with me. And so I remember I got home. I told my dad one day, like, oh, they called me ugly. And he was like, are you ugly? And I was like, no. And he was like, all right, so why are we having this discussion? Like, what are we talking about? And I was like, okay, this wasn't much help, but it wasn't his fault. I just, my parents never really took the time to have that confidence talk with me, to have that like uh, self-love discussion. I don't think many African households do. I don't think many households do, especially when I can only speak for those that come from low income houses, but when finances are a huge priority or a big, yeah, a huge priority when, when the only thing that you can think of as a parent is finances and making sure your kids are well fed, you don't have time to think about, uh, self-development. And I understand that. Um, so I think it was just, my parents assumed that we were going to be confident that I was going to be confident. Right. Um, but then also I'm the only girl, so they never had the experience of raising another girl or dealing with whatever it is that came with me as a woman. So yeah, shit was, you know, whatever I was getting, I was losing my confidence and not only was I losing my confidence, we were starting to lose a lot of the shit that we had. So I mentioned there was Mercedes Benz's in the home and townhomes and we slowly lost the town home and had to move to an apartment. And then we slowly lost the bins and had to drive around in like a, whatever a Nissan. I don't even know what kind of car it was. Just, it was a red, ugly car. That's what I remember. Um, I, it was so ugly. I remember like my friends not wanting to, my mom would drop us off, like at the moves or something. And my friends would not want to be dropped off in front of the place because of the, how the car looked. I actually didn't think there was anything wrong with the car, but you know how kids are because kids said that there's something wrong. I was like, all right, I guess there's something wrong with the car. Boom. So this is where my life is like, I'm slowly starting to realize like, oh God, life kind of sucks. And, um, I felt like I fell in love with Tyra Banks. Uh, my mom, she did hair. So I would go to her salon every once in a while. Um, and every once in a while Tyra Banks was on TV and I just fell in love with it. Like Tyra Banks would always talk about like self-love and confidence and being a black woman and how it's great. And that starts started to stick with me. I know that I was like always pressed to come home and watch Tyra, but uh, it wasn't doing it for me in full. It was just like, okay, yeah, I watched the episode. Tyra said, love yourself. So I love myself for like 15 minutes. And then, or maybe I say, I love myself to the end of the day. And then went back to school. People would say the mean shit that they say, and then boom, back to how I was feeling. And, um, on top of that, I never learned how to defend myself. That's another thing. So like, I would be, just accepting everything that everyone would say. I came from a very Christian household as well. So when people talk about you, I was taught to just turn the left cheek and keep it moving and pray for them. Don't, you know, don't hate them. Don't hit them, whatever. Just keep on going about your day. So that was like, it was just a lot. And I had this one teacher, shout out to Ms. DeShazer. She sat me down one day. I don't remember how we got to the discussion, but um, I think she asked me if I thought I was beautiful. And I, I, I had to have told her no. And I think for three days, she sat me outside. She like would tell the rest of the kids, hey, go ahead and do whatever you're doing. This is in middle school. This is in eighth grade. It was a yearbook course. So anybody that has taken yearbook, whether it was middle school, high school, you know that yearbook is like a, a bird course. You just don't do anything. So she would tell the kids, like, go ahead and get started on whatever you're doing. And she would sit me outside and she would take like 15 minutes to talk to me and like just 
instill in me the beauty of being black. And um, I remember one thing she said was, if you don't feel that way, fake it. Fake it until you feel that way. And that's what I did. And so I started walking around and acting like I was who I am now, you know? I envisioned this great version of myself. I'm getting teary-eyed because it's like, I came from a long way. And this is why I don't revisit it because for one, I be crying and there's nothing to cry about. And it's just like, okay, so. So now I'm walking around with all the confidence, right? And I get to high school, still confident as fuck. Like when I tell you the confidence, like I was faking it in eighth grade. By the time I got to like ninth grade, 10th grade, I was that bitch. Like I knew I was that bitch. Like I really faked it till I made it and I made that shit. So, okay, I'm walking around like, and I'll tell you, it was points in time. Okay, so I was getting my hair done. First of all, I always got my hair done, but I did not have a relaxer. I was probably one of the first to go in the natural world, right? My mom stopped giving me a relaxer for whatever reason. She stopped giving it to me. But I had a shortcut, and I still wanted to rock the straight hair. So I was rocking natural, but, like, I wasn't really... The hair wasn't given, but, like, at the same time, that's the natural hair pattern that I had, even though I was straightening it. You know, whatever. Okay. Hair wasn't laid, but the bitch was still feeling her stuff. I had a friend that was like, okay, let me give you a relaxer and put some tracks in your hair. So whatever. She did my hair. And I mean, y'all can see when a bitch got her... Any, any, anybody, when they got their hair done, they feeling themselves, right? So I get my hair done, and now I'm really feeling myself because it's like, damn, I'm bad, okay? So, um, yeah, mind you, shit at home still isn't hitting. Like, I'm shit at home is not hitting, but it's cool because I got black friends. They make me laugh. We have a good time. Um, I'm confident. I'm not really too worried about anything. Um, and honestly, all my friends weren't black. I had some. I had a very diverse friend group. Like, I was, I was getting along with everybody, with the whites, with the blacks, with the Hispanics, um, yeah. Okay. So we're, I'm in 10th grade in 10th grade. Was it 10th grade? No. You know what? I think I actually got my first job. All right. So let's, so we're in ninth grade, right? All right. So yeah, let's rewind. So we get to ninth grade. I am confident, but shit at home actually still is not hitting. My brother got his first job when he was 16 and I saw that he was coming home with money and I'm like, damn, I need money. I needed money because I wasn't getting nice clothes. I wasn't really getting my hair done the way I wanted to get my hair done. I wasn't like looking the way I wanted to look. I wasn't feeling the way I wanted to feel. I couldn't even go out with my friends to the movies because I had no money. So I was like, damn, I really want a job. So he was actually able to get me a job at, um, a buffet. So I was 14 years old. I was working as a server at a buffet. That was my first fucking job. Uh, I absolutely hated that job, but my pockets were fat for a 14 year old, like no responsibilities. Yeah, I was, I was eating. So this is when I actually got into fashion. I was spending a lot of time on eBay. Me and my brother were not going to school. We were going to the mall. Like this is when I, I learned that, okay, I have an eye for fashion. I was buying things, vintage clothes. I was doing like, I was, I mean, I was doing the damn thing. Right. All right. So and I was doing the damn thing, not even like I'm doing the damn thing now, but I was doing it. All right, so it's, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting as fly. I'm looking as fly as I feel on the inside. And then we get to 10th grade, and I guess people, let me say, I actually, this is when I learned to defend myself. Let me not, let me not come for people like that. So I started, I started finally learning to defend myself. But people were still saying the shit that they were saying about whatever they have to say about dark skinned women, dark skinned people excuse me, but I was learning to say shit back because of the people I was hanging around. Um, I started, I had like black friends, you know, like 
a lot of the times, I'm not going to say all black women, but the black women I was hanging with, if somebody said something about them, they were saying shit back to them. So I learned, like, okay, you can fight back. You can defend yourself. And so I started doing that. So I was defending myself. I was getting into fights. I was getting into uh, a lot of, like, verbal altercations. Um, and this is when I learned to start actually physically fighting. Remember, I had my first fight. I think it was in 10th grade. And... Um, yeah, then it was like, I started, I had that one fight, and then after that, it was just like fights, 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 fights. Like, everyone wanted to fight me, whatever. And I think everybody wanted to fight me because I think when you walk around, I'm going to be real, when you walk around with confidence and you know that you are that bitch, everyone's going to fucking have some shit to say because they don't feel that way. And it's like, how dare you feel that way? And I don't feel that way. So I think people were hating. People was that were definitely hating. And at the time... People weren't, I mean, we were in our youth. So I'm not going to say like socially, like in the whole world, society was feeling this way. But like at high school, everyone was still talking shit about the dark skinned girl. So like, it's like, how dare that dark skinned girl feel so much better than us and look so much better than us and, or think she looks so much better than us. Like and this was coming from other dark skinned women. It was always other dark skinned women, other dark skinned women or like, yeah, it was, it was typically other dark skinned women. Um projecting i don't know if that's how they felt but i'm saying this is probably how they felt right so they was they were hating on the kid feeling whatever they was feeling on the inside and so they had to take it out on me and so i remember one day i actually got uh was it one day yeah i don't even know how many times i done been jumped but i remember one time i got my ass beat brutally by um a bunch of girls and like that was the day the confidence kind of like after that i was like all right let me tone it down a little bit let me not it was just like, let me let me just cool it because I can't risk my face getting fucked up. Like, that that was the one thing I took away from it. I'm like, going back and forth with these girls, arguing, fighting, being that person that wants to prove myself all the time with my hands and with my voice. It's like, it's going to lead to me not looking as good as I look. And I can't afford that. So I got jumped and I kind of just, you know, stopped, like, doing too much. And I stopped doing too much and also became very depressed. I don't think anybody caught on to how depressed I was. Um, I started doing, I even started doing drugs. Like I was just smoking a lot, um, drinking, just doing like, you know, uh, you know, I've tried, I tried some drugs here and there. I was just doing drugs. Um, I was so depressed and so unhappy. Remember my home life wasn't going good. Uh, like we were losing more and more and more stuff. And it was just, Life wasn't good. There were days where, like, there was little to no food in the house. And I'm 16, 17, trying to make sure there's food for me, food for my younger brother, my older brother that left to college. It was just so much. And, um, yeah, I was depressed. And I remember one time, uh, me and my friends, we got together. We were, we were like, <laughs> we were the drug girls. I don't remember what we called ourselves, but niggas was on drugs. And... Uh, man, what did we call ourselves? I don't even know. This was like my diverse friend group. It wasn't black girls. It was like, it was a white girl, two Hispanic girls. Oh, it was two white girls, two Hispanic girls, two black girls. I don't know what the fuck we call ourselves. But eventually the other black girl left. So it was just, I was the only black girl, whatever. So one day we were like, hey, let's do some acid. So we did some acid. And this is when I like got my groove back. So like, all right. So I did the acid tab. My very first acid trip. I've done acid a couple times, but my very first acid trip. I'm seeing a lot of shit. I don't know if anybody's ever done acid. I'm seeing a lot of shit. Shit's going crazy, whatever. And I just, I will never forget this. I don't remember everything that happened during that trip. I'll never forget this. 
I laid back and we're doing it in a basement, friend's basement, safe place. I laid back and I'm, mind you, I think I'm, how old am I? Was it graduation? I don't know. I'm either 17 or 18. Okay. I lay back. I close my eyes and tell me why I see, I'm seeing myself in a red dress. I'm holding a magazine. The magazine got me on it. I'm looking over a sky, like a rooftop. I'm on a rooftop. It's nighttime. Like I'm looking to the left. I'm looking to my right. I'm seeing, I think, I'm not sure if I actually seen my friends. Like I seen people that were there. Like I, you know, I acknowledge the fact in this vision or whatever, that there are people there. And, um, I'm looking at the magazine. I'm on the magazine. Like it cuts from that scene to like, I'm walking through a grocery store and I'm in the grocery store. It's my face all over the magazine. And, you know, I come back from the vision epiphany, whatever. And I'm like, damn, like I'm about to be famous. Like I'm about to be top. Like I'm about to do this shit for real. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I always knew I wanted a talk show. So, uh, I was like, all right, it's going to be off the talk show. Remember I told you I love Tyra Banks. So I don't think I said it back then. Like when I told y'all that, but that inspired me to want to have my own talk show because Tyra Banks touched me through TV and I wanted to touch other women through TV. Right. Okay. So that vision was like, all right, Constance, you really going to do this motherfucker. Like I just knew I was going to be top dog. Right. And so after that vision, I was like, damn, like, I'm like, I, I just, I couldn't help but to feel so good. I don't know what about it made me feel like it was real, but that, that made me just, bro, I, I just remember, like, after that, I everything changed. Like, I really felt like I was the shit. And everything I did from that point on led me to where I am now. Um, I remember enrolling into college. I got to college. Um, in college, I, for anybody that knows me, I spent a lot of time trying different things it was actually my year into college I was like all right let me get into YouTube so I did a little bit of YouTube skits here and there my brother helped me my older brother has helped me with everything he helped me with my YouTube skits I get to college um I'm indulging in different things that's when I decided all right let's try entrepreneurship this was like when the creative side of me really kicked in and I think I had also realized that like mind you I told you my first job was at 14 right was around like uh, that senior year of high school where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I remember having a long conversation with my older brother about how I'm done working. Like I didn't want to work from 14 to fucking 70 years old. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know. One thing about me is even though I told you all the shit that I told you about my family life, you know, finances being fucked up and things like that. In my younger years, I will always think to myself like, this isn't the life I was supposed to have. Like, I don't necessarily, not even necessarily, I really don't believe in, like, reincarnation. I do believe that when you die, you go to heaven or hell. But um, I just remember, like, in my youth thinking, like, damn, I feel like I'm supposed to be, like, one of those girls that lives in Beverly Hills with the pink car, with the dad that buys them everything. Like, stuff wasn't adding up as if, like, maybe I had lived that in a past life or something, right? I'm all over the place. But anyways, I always knew... I was supposed to be great and I wasn't supposed to be working. I wasn't supposed to be average. And so when I seen that there were women living a life much greater than what I had and the women really that I looked up to Tyra Banks and Oprah, those are the only two women that I was ever really, that I was ever like ever able to actually like see, I don't know. We weren't really allowed to listen to like secular music in my household. Like I told you guys, we weren't really watching TV. So the only times I came in contact with people was that, daytime television or that TV, you know, the TV talk shows that my mom was watching at her, um, 
Talon and Oprah and Tyra were the two women that I got to see doing shit. And so, you know, I would hear their stories and I'm like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And so, yeah, man, ever since then, I've been grinding. I've been working hard. I, you know, I, I got into entrepreneurship. I'm doing anything that I can do to kind of shake my life. And I've been through so much shit. That's not even a half of that. I gave y'all the quickest version of whatever I could tell y'all. Look, I'm out, I'm almost at 30. Like, this is more than I usually talk. But I, I'm almost at 30 minutes, not 30 in age. I'm only 24. But, uh, yeah, I, like, I just done been through so much. And I just know that I am going to be greater than what I already am now. Like I'm already that B, but I'm about to be that B times two. And every day I just get better, flyer, smarter. I mean, yeah. So, okay. Anyways, yeah, I'm grinding. I've been grinding. And let me tell y'all, actually, that's not even the end of my story. I'm reluctant to share this part because it's kind of embarrassing, but it made me who I am in full today. And you know what? My camera's about to die. So maybe y'all will get another. Let's end this. Okay, we'll end it. And then tomorrow y'all will get what really made me info today. So y'all gonna get a part two. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of the podcast streaming platform, thank you so much. Don't forget to leave a review and a rating. And if you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I will see you guys in my next episode. And remember, this is still an advice column. So if you need advice, go ahead and click the link in the Constance, the podcast bio on Instagram. So at Constance, the pod, click the link in the bio, click on the Dear Constance Advice Column tab, and that will direct you to my advice column. And there you can leave an anonymous submission. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just click the link down below in the description box. And I'll see y'all in the next episode. Peace.